Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the character profile of the great Magnifico, aka Jeff Metcalf, and this is the bonus podcast of episode 455 of Conversation Street. How is that for an entrance? I really like that. Here's the... Gemma. She hasn't got a nickname. Are you the great Magnifico then? No, I'm not. I haven't well, got one either. What's your nickname? <laughs> I don't know. You I've call me all sorts. <laughs> Hello everybody, we thought it was time we talked about Jeff, seeing as what he's been dead for quite a while, but we've had so much other stuff going on in the podcast, it's taken us a little while, and you know what, we ne- you never know when he's going to pop up again, I don't know if we've seen the last of uh, of Jeff in, in Yasmin's flashbacks and nightmares, but I don't know, it, it feels like the time is right to chat about him. Gemma, Jeff, what, Yeah. What, what say you? Good should character? We do, should we do the um, stats? Oh, we can do stats if you like. He was born on the 24th of April, 1950. He died on the 9th of December, 2020. The worst year ever in the history of mankind. <laughs> he was married to Philippa in 1971. At some point, he also was married to Tessa Metcalf. And he also married Yasmin Nazir in 2019. He has one child, Tim. He was born in 1972. Has Tim not got any... He, Tim's an only child, isn't he? He's letting the side down. I think Tim has said in the past... Oh, he's got... ...that he's got a brother. Right. I think that's been forgotten about. He, has, he definitely had a dog that something terrible happened to, and we never oh, yeah. found out. I don't think we find out all the details about that. No, I think Tim has made reference to having a, a, a brother that's been retconned. He was also going to have um, a cousin or something at some point, wasn't he? Do you remember they were going to bring in um, a, a character in a wheelchair that was going to be Tim's cousin? Do you... Does that ring any maybe. bells to you? I mean, I'm thinking like five years ago, maybe. Oh no, I'm thinking of the person. Wasn't there somebody in a in, a guy who was in a wheelchair who turned out to be related to somebody, and they went to his house a few times? No, you're probably thinking of uh, Evelyn's mate. Yes. I probably, but no, they they were going to bring in an extra branch on the Metcalf family tree a little while ago. Just let it die. Nothing came from it. No. First appeared on the 28th of March 2018, and he last appeared. On the 11th of December, 2020, as the real Jeff, but he's a vision on the 28th of December, 2020, just appeared as a ghost. Yeah, he's not made an appearance yet this year, has he? But um, He's been a ghost. He was young. And he's also been an, uh, a nightmare. Yeah. Is he ever going to be a, a hallucination? Don't know. Well, um, he was pretty much a hallucination on Christmas Day, okay, I would right, say. Then. then I want him to appear as a ghost. Yeah, okay. Ghost, definitely. <laughs> Number of appearances, 218. It seems really low for how massively influential he was. But he was only in it for such a I short amount of time, wasn't he? Was a couple only, of years. He only started in 2018. Honestly, I feel like we had years and years of Jeff just like being weird and questionably annoying without them really going anywhere with him being like an abusive person. Yeah. He's played by Ian Bartholomew, incredibly talented and also good at singing. He is quite good, a yeah. good uh, singer, isn't he? Um, yeah, no, he, the story started off, um, he, he always had a, he had a, did have a weird start, you're right, and, um, and I didn't really know what to, no, I did know what to make of him. I didn't, I didn't like the character, I didn't enjoy the character, but it didn't feel it's like weird. it was too long before the coercive control stuff really started. Oh, it felt to me like he was in it for ages, me. and he was, no. it was kind of like, 
is this guy supposed to be likable? Because he's actually really obnoxious and annoying. And it turned out that actually that was your... I think you're supposed to always find <laughs> I him. think so. But I'm going to say that. Because I remember, like... Well, we'll talk about it in a minute. But, like, the pranks he played... Like, the Audrey one. That was that was funny. I think everyone kind of found that funny. But then, like, the, the one where he played the prank with the broad beans on Brian. That was just, like... That's just mean. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I... I... I think that the Brian one was supposed to be like early alarm bells yeah, ringing. Yeah, I think you're right. Watch yeah. out, this guy's not as nice as crazy. as he may seem because he was he he was supposed to be like nice jovial jolly Jeff to begin yeah, with, he wasn't was, he? Yeah, but yeah. to me, he just did come across as irritating. But you're right, the the Audrey thing, which again we'll get to in a minute, I guess, was um that was actually quite funny when that happened. But okay, the, the signs were well. You know there, what. Broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> and if you're going to make lots of jokes, even if you're a horrible person, some of them are going to land eventually. Exactly, exactly. So um, the casting of Jeff was announced on the 22nd of March 2018. So just coming up to three years ago now. Um, and in the uh, news articles that came out at the same time, he was teased as a potential love interest for Audrey. Um, I don't think there was any mention of Yasmin at all at first. And it also said that he would be a relation of an unknown street regular. So speculation was rife for, I probably don't know, more than a week or two about who Jeff would actually end up being related to. Um, But then it was a little bit longer, I think, until it was revealed in the show. I think maybe he was even credited as Jeff Metcalf or something before the actual reveal came with the show. I I might be wrong here. But um, yeah, we, we weren't to know straight away that he was actually Tim's dad. Now, here's something interesting that I found out about Ian Bartholomew. He's a local lad. He comes from Gosport, which is about, oh, what, 25 minutes away from where we are at the moment? I knew he was local. Well, maybe not everybody listening to it did. I, I don't think I realised that. not everyone oh, listening to him, not everyone listening to this will go, oh, yeah, he's local. He's local he's to us. He's local to us. He's down the road. We could go and see him right now, if only we knew which house. he was born there. It doesn't mean he lives there. Um, he was he also... We know he doesn't live there. Uh, no, you're right, actually. Um, he, he, was, he was doing acting um, on, on TV. Uh, he did, he's done stage and screen and, and everything, but um, mid-70s was when he first you know, started proper acting, apparently. And Don't he had... call it proper acting. Acting. Just say know, he's been... Not school play acting. He's a professional actor. And he was in Rumpole of the Bailey. He was in The Bill. And uh, he was in Foils War. He has got, if you look on his IMDb page, a massive, massive, massive list of um, credits from various TV shows from the 70s onwards. Um, it seems like one of the longest since that he had, though, because a lot of these were just, you know, one episode um, in and out kind of jobs. Mm-hmm. There was a show called um, Harry in 1995. I don't know anything about this. And he, car- and he played a character called Snappy in that. Or did he play a character called Harry in Snappy? I don't know. I think I was right the first time. And he was in that for 20 episodes. Um, and then there's another show called Without Motive, where he played a character called Ronnie Stocks for 10 episodes. Now, I, I'd not seen him in anything before before he came in uh, as Jeff. Did you? He no. Didn't recognize, we, we, we're not very widely... Um, don't watch a lot not of very cultured, Br- British TV. I don't watch a lot of British TV. No, I mean, I can assume that I probably saw him in the bill when he was in it, but obviously that was a while ago. Um, he's also been in a load of films. There's one called If You Go Down in the Woods Today. Um, and he's done plenty and plenty of theatre work too. And, fact fans, he also did a voice in the World of Warcraft games. 
He's uh, I, I can offer no troll more information other than that. Or something. Yeah, maybe if it was like a horrible troll and that set yeah. him up for his voice, his, uh, his role in Coronation Corey Street. Casting guy was like, oh, wow. Yeah. This troll is know. great fun. If anyone, if anyone listened to this, has heard um, Ian Bartholomew in Word of Warcraft and wants to tell us anything more about it, please do. World, I'd be interested to know. Um, so in 2017, um, he recorded two songs for this album called Wit and Whimsy Songs by Alexander S. Bermange, and that, that got to number one in the iTunes comedy album chart. Don't I didn't you know? know that there was a chart for comedy albums. There's a chart for everything. But I love that. I'm sure it's taken over by Tim Minchin. I love comedy songs. They're one of my favourite genres of music. Yeah, you can probably. I bet if you go into our iTunes and, and 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 you can like filter out. I bet you could find it. You could mm. find some right comedy bangers there, mm. including maybe this. Um, but obviously, um, more more recently, he's done this other song, hasn't he? The um. Uh, what was it called? The uh, uh, surely you'll get to it. No, I've got it. I've got it written down. Oh yeah, this time it's forever, which was the charity single that he's done for for Women's Aid. Mm-hmm. So he is multi talented man. This Ian Bartholomew. He's Bartholomew. got at least two and talents we he, know of. He, yeah, acting and singing. Yeah, and more than I can do. He graced us with his presence on Coronation Street for a good two and a half years. So that's and obviously going to be the role that he goes down and is remembered for. I think he probably can do magic as well. Oh yeah, he. You're right. He can saw <laughs> women enough. It must be, I wonder what it's like as an actor to go through, you know, like 30 years plus of having roles in, in you know, bits, bits things, and bobs, yeah. all kinds of things. And then it's not until, you know, so, so far into your career that you finally get that role that surely you'll be forever remembered for. Whereas you get other actors that, you know, hit the big time straight away and then fade into obscurity. It's a funny old game, isn't it? Showbiz. That's what I think anyway. Jenna. I've never heard that phrase. <laughs> right, so in, in um, now we're talking about Jeff. We're moving on to talk about Jeff. We actually know about Jeff. So in his early life, he was an entertainer doing magic acts. 1971, he marries Philippa after she became pregnant with Tim. Now, Philippa, by the way, is Elaine. Yes. Don't forget. She so, changed the name. Yeah, so her real name is Philippa. Yes. Her birth name, rather. Her birth name is Philippa. And then she changed it to Elaine because mm-hmm. she hated her name so much she, uh, from having to listen to Jeff say her name. Philippa, Philippa, Philippa. Yeah. No, I think it's all part of her hiding out away from Jeff. So, so maybe, really she, maybe she didn't want this. to be called uh, Elaine. Well, I mean, she bloody picked the name Elaine, yeah. didn't she? Yeah. I don't know many people that would pick that name. Why? What's wrong with Elaine? That's my mum's name. I know. <laughs> That's a lovely name. There's nothing wrong with it. I just find it interesting that, like, do you not think that names that are popular in certain decades sort of become less popular with the people in that decade? Like, you know how, like, um, I'm trying to think, like, for example, maybe people that were born in the 90s, like Britney, being called Britney. And so people that were born in the 90s, like, oh, God, no, I don't like the name Britney because I knew somebody or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm talking bollocks. <laughs> We're going too deep on this. <laughs> it's because I hate, I hate it when I hear somebody say my name so much. It makes me cringe. I don't think I don't like my name. But if I hear somebody say my name to me, I immediately get really angry. I don't know why. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, so I can imagine changing my name to Elaine. <laughs> so he's abusive to, to Philippa slash Elaine uh, in their marriage. And she walks out when she finds him in bed with her friend Tessa. She tries to get custody of Tim, but Jeff threatens to kill him if they come, she comes anywhere near them again. Then 
Jeff marries Tessa, who's the one he was caught in bed with, and makes Tim think that she's his mum, not Philippa slash Elaine. But, you know, Jeff's not very good at being a, a, a partner. Um, they aren't very... He's tried three times, and look at a failure. Um, well, there's still, there's still that... I don't know who this woman that he had an altercation with in the pub, outside the pub. Yeah, there's yeah, another yeah. mystery woman there somewhere. Um, things aren't great between them. Uh, they stay together because she helps him with his magic axe. Not for the kid. <laughs> but she dies before 2013 at some point. Then Jeff... Um, so, so Jeff has now got Tim, his son, and Tim has Faye. And Faye gets put up for adoption in 2011. And I can't remember why. Her mum was on drugs or something. Um, yeah, her mum was a, as a, as a right druggie. And Tim's useless. He can't read. So maybe they sent him a letter and he couldn't read it. Yeah, that, that's probably true, yeah. So, But he doesn't help Faye. But he's still in contact with the family. The, and yeah, this is. The, what, it's a bit of a murky past. It doesn't actually make sense when you logically look at it because it doesn't really. It just, yeah, it doesn't. Yes, yeah, so you one might hold, wonder why Jeff doesn't step in to yeah. um, look after Faye and, and, and you might, Anna. Well, it's not even that. Doctor. It's more the case of like, why? Why doesn't Tim hold a grudge against his dad for the fact that he let Faye get taken away from the family? Mm. Not Let's, that. Not that it's his responsibility, of course. But you would have thought there would have been a discussion at some point between them. It must be hard when you kind of. Have to when you have to retcon things without it looking too much like one. Like even this, all this stuff with Tessa and that's what Tim said his mum was called and then it turned out it's not his real mum and everything. It all feels a little bit weirdly pieced together like just how, to try and fit the we, narrative that they want. So, how can we make this up? Basically. But anyway, that's, what, that's supposed to be Jeff's life before he comes into the show, which was in 2018. Early on in that year, he does get a bit of a shout out because in an attempt to escape the wrath of Pat Phelan... His uh, predecessor in the Corrie Villainy stakes, Tim and Faye, go and stay with him. Um, and they leave Sally there for some reason. Yes, Sally stays. She's uh, she's all right. Um, she's marrying it up. I can't really. remember what I can't remember what happened, but that's Tim all we just need in my to bad books. That's all I know. <laughs> so we first meet Jeff when Audrey goes to hospital. She's been mugged in the summer of two thousand and eighteen, um, and he's there doing the whole hospital DJ thing. She tells him that his music is terrible and says, look, you need to put some proper music on, Jeff. I want to hear Crazy by Patsy Cline. Instead, he plays Shut Up or Your Face. Comedy classic. Probably also made its way into the... Well, it would have made its way into the iTunes comedy chart had that been a thing back then. Uh, and that's what we were talking about earlier, which actually was quite funny, wasn't it? But it was. Still, I feel so he, guilty now. Because he does a big announcement before and he's like, I, I met a, a lovely woman called Audrey or something and she's sitting in the bed going, oh, 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 he's talking about me. Because she kind of... He pretended to sort of take her criticism with grace. But actually he was furious because we all know what Jeff's really like. He can't have any criticism whatsoever he takes right. it far too personally and, so, and then and then he played the shut up your face song and um her you know she she was chastised publicly she was but they they carry on um they still get on for I think a while she finds that she, think she gets the funny side of it yeah um although and that kind of led to a, an episode where she got trapped in his radio booth uh, for some reason where she had to fill in do you remember when she was uh doing all the the DJing and Shut Jeff in. couldn't get in and she was like, oh, oh, da-da, oh, what do I say? Oh, well, uh, that <laughs> kind of funny. But, uh, I mean, the, the whole Audrey link to Jeff 
pretty much stops dead after this, doesn't it? Yeah. Considering she, he was teased as a potential love interest for her, it's all about Yasmin from that point onwards. Because when Jazz, oh, oh go on. There was there was definitely a bit where Yas that they had Yasmin and and Audrey were both possible love interests, and I can't remember which way round it was. One of them. I think it was Jasmine didn't like his jokes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And Audrey did. And 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 so you were like, oh, who's he going to end up with? One one woman really liked one part of his personality, the other one really likes the other. Um, and it wasn't until Jeff sort of says, I'm not really like this all the time, mm. that Yasmin really grew to... Yeah, I, I vividly remember there being a scene where Yasmin and Jeff were sitting down next to each other in the hospital and he was like saying, look, that, that's just my radio personality. I'm not like that in real life. I'm a quite nice, sensitive guy, really. Mm. Which was weird because actually he's not like that at all because no, I think that the Jeff he portrays on the radio is very much what he's like you know larger than life thinking he's hilarious cheesy as i don't know i I don't know how you can be so unself-aware to not realize that that is who you are i don't know whether he was just trying to you know get into yasmin's pants or whether still at this stage the coronation street writers didn't know exactly what his personality was going to end up being Mm -hmm. because you quite often will get characters who come on and they're you know one extreme or the other and then they they mellow out over the course of the the time in the show or they change a little bit, you know? But um, anyway, Yasmin likes the idea that this is actually a nice, sensitive guy and somebody who does charity work as well, which she's obviously dead into because of the community centre. So they start having a few dates over the summer. He starts helping out at Speed Dial... Dial, dial, and um, he also <laughs> offers to buy Imran's shares in it as well that summer, which uh, Yasmin turns him down. She doesn't want him getting too involved in it. Um, and I think at the time I was thinking, thank goodness for that, because by the time we were in like August 2018, I think I'd pretty much decided I wasn't a fan of Jeff and, and giving him any, you know, stake in a business on Coronation Street. I wasn't, I wasn't having any of that. And it's yeah. not, it's not the hatred that I. Went on to develop for him, which was like you know, like yeah, boo, Jeff, rhubarb, rhubarb, kind of thing. It was, it was not this character. He's just, he just doesn't sit right with me in the slightest. Get rid. There's something really unsettling about disliking a character that's supposed to be popular, or disliking a character that you don't think you're really supposed to dislike, and really heartening when you know that you're supposed to dislike somebody and you do. Yeah, I mean, we, we've all got characters that yeah. we can't understand why they're so popular. Or, like, we just dislike them for no real reason. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and sometimes you get char- characters that come in where, where Coronation Street desperately, desperately tries to, you know, shove them in our faces and say, look, look how funny this character is. Look how look how well they get on with this. Yeah. The, the, what a brilliant partnership these two make. And, and we like, watch no. it go, oh, not, uh-uh. not really. It's yeah, it, and this was a this is a really strange example of it because he's obviously a really really talented actor. We've seen from what he went on to do in the show, it's at such an well, odd start. And and they say that you know right from the beginning they 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 knew that he was gonna go a bit off. But I, yeah. so I'm fascinated to know where, how much of what I didn't like about Jeff from these early days of him was you know, Actually, purposefully yeah, supposed to purposefully, be getting on my yeah. wick. Um, he, he arranges a charity fundraising event for Jack um, that summer as well, autumn, I can't remember. Um, and he also shows his good side when uh, Sally gets wrongfully imprisoned uh, for, what was it, fraud, wasn't it? 
Um, and he oh, he's yeah. like fighting for her and trying to get her out of prison. Oh, and that's everything. when that was when like Tim was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe yeah. you did it. Well, that was the whole Tim and Gina and everything saga as well and everything. But um, yeah, Jeff was definitely on Sally's side during that anyway. Oh. Good on him. Um, and I think it was at Christmas two thousand and eighteen. It must have been when we got our first proper proper clue that something wasn't going to be quite right with Jeff. And I think Yasmin made a comment about like a necklace or earrings or something. And she said like, oh, Jeff doesn't like it when I wear this or, or I've got to wear this because Jeff like, or I can't, you, so you remember there was something. So it was a controlling part of her appearance. A, 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 a and slight, slight mention, which then didn't get picked up again for months after that. But it was well, obviously a little teaser back then that even right from early, early stages of the relationship, all was not as rosy as it first seemed. Yeah, so in 2019, um, we get too much information about the nature of Yasmin and Jeff's relationship. And this kind of, we had some interesting discussions about this, didn't we? Um, But it turned out that this was another part of, this was another one where Jeff got a bit of the benefit of the doubt. Because Yasmin says to Cathy, I still still haven't been intimate with Jeff. And You know what I mean. And so... Before he was really a villain, you could obviously sort of take this and say, oh, I can, you know, yeah, obviously if Jeff probably wants a physical relationship, you know, it must be difficult, you know, he's he's given her time and everything, but it must be frustrating. So you could see both sides and you could see Yasmin's side, like she's only ever been with one man in her life. Yeah, yeah. And um, that relationship didn't end, like she didn't want really to end the relationship. It's because of his affair and then she couldn't stay with him anymore. Um that that happened and so yeah you can you can see both sides of it but as looking at it now in retrospect i feel really disgusted with myself that i ever was like i can kind of see where jess coming from but you did we did but back then it was still it still wasn't obvious what was going on so um jeff hurts his back after he slips on some food at speed doll and uh, basically makes yasmin into his servant for weeks on end um and i think then, that's his excuse to move in to number six yes yes um, then it, we sort of find out that he was just kind of embellishing this a bit more. And he says, oh, I just wanted to spend more time with you. So a bit of gaslighting going on there. Yep. Um, and again, you can give him the benefit of the doubt there, can't you? I mean, people have done stuff like this for comedy purposes. You yeah. can imagine like characters like Tim and, and Steve like pretending to be sicker than they are. And then everyone's like, what a cheeky chappy he is. He just wanted some cheese on toast. Ha, mm. ha, ha. Whereas this is like, no, he's manipulative. Yeah. Um, this this is the then in the early two thousand and nineteen was when he advises Brian, um, that talking to his broad beans will help him help them grow, and he actually had that wasn't even the joke that he was playing. That's just bad advice. The joke that he was playing was he took the beans out of the pots and yeah. was making him grow broad beans from nothing. I I think and I, and I I couldn't find any reference to this, so I might be making it up. The the pre- the previous autumn we'd we'd seen Jeff taking some beans out of Brian's tub or something and then it seemed like why well, do they do that and then they came back to it in the spring and that yeah and and he'd been yeah taking all of Jeff's uh, Brian's beans out of the pot this was in the Victoria Gardens wasn't it and he plays this cruel trick to make him look like an idiot yeah which doesn't take much for Brian to no, be not fair really. but Brian can do it by himself that's why it's so unnecessary. <laughs> Yeah. Um. He also he also pretends he's grown these beans, but he bought them from Freshco. Mm. Yeah. He makes Brian um like stand up and read out this 
creed almost, doesn't he? Like, I am Brian, I am Master Farmer, and I've yeah. got the best beings of Weatherfield. And I was watching it think, I, that story didn't sit right with me. This partly the, yeah. because of like I, I didn't funny. like I didn't like Jeff at that time and it's like well why are you doing this but also because I was like well, Brian, Brian you're not you're not that you no. know naive I that also, you think that this would actually affect the quality of your veg also didn't this was like didn't somebody find out and sort of tell him he was being a dick um yeah I, th- I think that Yasmin did yeah so this was like one of the first times that people were like mm, no you're being an being, being yeah, but, this, but, but it still wasn't at that point a coercive control thing, was it? So I think looking back on it now, it was quite clever how they yeah. put these little bits in to say, yeah, he's not as nice as you first think. Yeah. So yeah. that when he starts, you know, the, the, the proper campaign against Yasmin yeah. that summer, that, that's when you know, you go, ah, it all makes sense. Then they have a meal. He makes um, her some, makes Yasmin some stew and dumplings, I think. And um, they, Sally and Tim were supposed to come around, but he put them off. And he gets really offended and hurt when she criticises his dumplings. Yes, she, she says she says she thought they were cauliflower. I don't know how badly you need to screw up dumplings. <laughs> and I think it's worth mentioning for people that aren't from the UK that we're talking about little fluffy flour and suet dumplings that are, yeah, they're like they're, they're fluffy. Lovely like gooey starchy things they're not like little no don't have fillings in or anything it's, a, it's surprised that um that jeff ever actually got that job at speed dial in the end and he with his with his pity on in the <laughs> cooking in the kitchen when he's gonna th- get dumplings right i think in america it might be similar to a cobbler topping yes yes sure. i think you're right i think you might be right and it was around this time because it was in um when it was officially announced that this coercive control storyline was happening um because I think there'd been hints in the press beforehand and obviously we'd been, you know, led to suspect throughout the spring of 2019 that things weren't quite right here and some of the way that he treated Jasmine, we were like, I, I, I think I think we can tell where this story's going but there was a big, you know, blaze of publicity in June 2019 saying, right, we're working with Women's Aid, this is the story that we're doing, he's going to lead her down this path of, of coercive control, this is going to be a long-term story. So we, we, we knew what we were getting from that point on. And it onwards. sort of ramped up from that point on, didn't it? Yeah. Um, he also criticised her for putting Sally down. And I don't think that... This was another thing where it's like, you know Jeff doesn't care about Sally. He only said that to make Yasmin feel bad. Yeah. Do you want to do any of this? Or do you want me to do no, no, this? No, you bit? carry on, that's fine. So he gets annoyed at Yasmin for letting Alia pick Ryan to DJ at a student night at the, at the restaurant... Because he's also, he's a magician and a DJ, don't forget. So he, in revenge... Multi-talented, just like Ian Bartholomew in real life. Yeah. <laughs> he gets Emma to be his magic assistant um, instead of Yasmin. And Yasmin has to apologise and feel guilty and bad and terrible, etc. Yeah, that was one of the first signs, I think, that Yasmin was changing. I remember apologising for things that she didn't really need to apologise for. Or, or grovelling mm-hmm. when a simple you know, sorry or or whatever or a would, would do. would have been fine. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> so, um, there was a funny wine tasting evening. I think this was, had Imran in it as well. It did indeed. At a bistro. And um, she's getting these texts from Jeff and she's ignoring him because she's, she's drunk. And um, she's also enjoying herself. Um, he gets annoyed. And when she comes home, he pretends that he's cooked Charlotte the chicken. 
foreshadowing. <laughs> I want, It makes me wonder whether back then they knew that that was what her poor fate would eventually be. It's a very interesting thing to contemplate, isn't it? Mm. Um, so he also <laughs> pours water all over Ryan's DJ decks and said it was, says it was Yasmin that did it. Yeah, the next that was the next day. Yeah. So he blamed it on her um, having a hangover or something after all that wine. Yeah, and he then starts to insinuate that she's got a drinking problem and, and starts to make her think that she does as well, trying to get in her head. Mm. Um, and mentions it all the time and stuff like that. Then Yasmin walks home from work and she gets mugged on the way. And he begins to try to prevent her from leaving the house, using that as a as a reason why she shouldn't go out, like um, and kind of like blaming, what well, kind of it's victim blaming, but not like outright, like not like oh well, did you have a bag of money with a with a pound sign on it over your shoulder? It was more like oh well, you know, you're very weak and you're a woman and it was dark and you shouldn't have, you know, going out at night. You know, I don't, I don't bad even, idea. I don't even remember whether it was a nighttime one. To be I fair, I thought it. But... I've got an image in my mind of it being at night, yeah, but yeah, yeah. perhaps I've made this up in retrospect. So he's like, "Yeah, don't leave the house anymore." Um, then there's a bit where Ryan and Alia and invite some DJ friends around, and they all they're all drinking, and including Yasmin. And yeah, so all having a good time, and he gets jealous and annoyed because he can't cope with people having fun without him or having anything that doesn't involve Jeff. So he basically makes it look as though one of them has stolen Yasmin's bracelet. Obviously, it was him that did it. He sells the bracelet and then he manages to get Ali, uh, Yasmin to apologise to him again um, when she doesn't take his side when Ryan finds a replacement bracelet in Jeff's pocket. Yeah, they made out like Ryan and Alia who were, you know, all trying to take Jeff down all the way through this um, find this bracelet in his pocket and go, ha ha, here it is. And he's like, no, actually, I bought a, I bought a replacement to it. Oh, to, to, to I get was to being Yasmin. a nice man. Yeah. It, it, but why don't you believe Jeff is a nice man? I think this was at the point on the podcast where we were kind of discussing, does he know what he's doing is evil? Because a lot through this, and, and some things that, that Ian and, and even Shelley have said in interviews as well, have been like, he doesn't realise that what he's doing really? is, is out of order and he thinks it's perfectly natural for him to, you know, I've to do this, this, that and the other to, to try and protect her. Or, or, uh, he's, this is the third relationship that he's had where there's been this coercive element to it. So for him, it's just kind of second nature. But seeing him standing there, as they yeah. was in Kitchener Street, with this guy with his boot open, selling yeah, yeah. this... Uh, and you think, you must know... Some things it's obvious that he knows what he's doing is, is wrong, but other things, not so much. And I've said before, I think, that some people can find themselves in unhealthy relationships and without realising what they're doing is manipulative and coercive and without knowing that they've got these problems like personality disorders and stuff, it's perfectly it's perfectly possible that you just are completely unaware. Mm. And, you know, I don't want to say that you're also a victim of, of this, but in a way you are you can suffer from from being you know manipulative because you drive people away and you can't have a healthy relationship mm. it's obviously it's obviously not on the same level um and i don't want to make excuses for people but i remember when we um were talking about this on the podcast before and i found a charity that was for people who are abusive in relationships yeah. to help them and counsel them 
it's very easy to just write people off and say, you know, you should leave them and they should never. But, you know, yeah, you should leave a, an abusive relationship. But then that person is going to move on to another relationship. Mm, mm. And so what do they do and how can they stop this cycle? Because there's got to be a way. Do you think that would have been a, a satisfying ending for Jeff instead not, of no, falling to really. a death to be plucked by chickens? No, because we want him ever... to be punished, don't we? And mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying that I think, you know, I'm not trying to be nicey-nicey about people that are abusive, but I, I do think that everyone can have an unhealthy element in, th- in their relationship, like the way you won't take bins out, <laughs> the way that I talk about how horrible you are on the podcast and stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everybody has yeah. those elements and some of them get completely out of control. Yeah, I, I don't think a redemption story no, for no, Jeff no. would have been um, narratively way, satisfying in the slightest. It would have been narrowly, narratively satisfying, but in a way it might have been helpful for people to have gone, oh God, I do that. What do I do about it? Just jump off a roof. Yeah, exactly. More helpful than saying, if you're in an abusive relationship, just lead him onto the roof one yeah. day. Yeah. Um, preferably at night. Maybe it's a bit slippy because it's in December and a bit Christmassy. And, but and, honestly, and like nature take to its be, course. To be clear, the best advice is if you're in an abusive relationship, please leave. Mm. Don't try to say, "Oh, let me help them overcome." And that's their which is what we issues. were all screaming at our screens to Yasmin at this point. But she, yeah, she's started to become such a shell of a former self and doubting herself and apologising for everything. It was horrible to watch. Um, this happened to one of our favourite characters. Yeah. So, he, um, yeah, he's 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 set up this. He's he basically is not not he's making himself look good, and he's also making other people look like they're the manipulative ones. And it would be very difficult if you're Yasmin to work out what the heck's going on. Mm. Um, but she she kind of has to take his side really. Um, and he starts to take control of the house finances. And this was when it ramped up again to another level. He takes out new home insurance with his details on it, not hers. He gets cameras installed in the house so he can spy on her, saying it's for her own security. He also had that camera that she didn't know about, which was hidden in the CD rack that yeah, nobody ever she, used. Yeah, because she didn't like the cameras being there. <laughs> yeah, so he, I think he she made him. Yeah, he mm. did, she made him get rid of them all. Um, I think it was her, but he left this one in the CD rack to be... Um, you know, not found for a good while. And and that was something that I, I don't feel that they handled that as well as they could have done because for months and months, Coronation Street fans were like, what about the camera? Have they found the camera? When's Jasmine going to find the camera? She's being made to clean this house top to bottom. Why hasn't she found the camera yet? Why haven't the police found the camera after that they investigate year, after the stabbing? Or was it this year? I can't remember exactly when it started. Yeah, I, at the same time. So at the same time that he is um, controlling the finances, he's also making her clean and putting the crosses everywhere. So she has to, so to basically trick, like um, undermine her and you know, because when you when somebody says, "Cold, can you clean the front room?" You don't go right. Let me just scrub the skirting boards. <laughs> no. Um, Not even us when we had our house viewing done recently. Um, Michael, I did actually. If you look. There used to be a big, thick layer of dust all the way under that <laughs> radiator, and now it's gone. Have you noticed? Have you obviously found, did you find not. the red cross that I put? No, obviously <laughs> no. not. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and it, also the finance stuff, he basically gave her, like, a tiny budget of what to cook, or, of, and only gave her cash. She wasn't allowed her own bank card. Only gave her, like, £10 a week or something for food. Then demanded that she cook these sort of elaborate dishes with stuff that she didn't have. And then when he cooked... when she, If she managed to pull this off, he would get annoyed with her because she kind of 
didn't fall victim to his stupid plan and then he would go oh I hate this it's horrible I'm going to yeah, have chips yeah what's this slop yeah then mm. there was yeah, two or three times I can think of when he was like I'm going to go and get a takeaway yeah oh yes please um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, so that happened and then he also um, he had a medical appointment with Dr Gaddis and he made, made out that he was a lot sicker than he actually was making her think that she he's got cancer yeah because I think it was just like a routine appointment that he yeah. went to and uh, yeah, he comes Let back and he doesn't up. he doesn't say Yasmin I've got cancer no. but he starts you know dropping hints yeah he basically that would lead her went, to believe yeah that. exactly he knew exactly what he was doing um, and then he tells her that she's exaggerating when he, he confides in Sally what's actually going on yeah because Yasmin says to Sally oh I think that Jeff's got cancer what shall I do and, and Yasmin and then Jeff's like what are you talking about you've I planned don't, you, yeah. you, you, I don't have cancer I never said that I had cancer you, so now, you've, made, classic, now you've made poor Sally worry about me classic gaslighting this is like a really really classic example of leading somebody to believe something or, or making them think that they're um yeah, saying one thing and then going back and saying something completely different and claiming that you never said the, anything of the sort in the first mm. place. And so you've got no idea uh, where you where you stand with that. Um, then he makes Alia move out. So that just he's got complete control of Yasmin. And I think a lot of the stuff with the finances and the cooking and everything and the cleaning happens once Alia's moved out, doesn't it? I think It doesn't so. really happen as much before then. Um, and then... Well, they go on holiday to Vegas and they get married while they're there. And when they come back, Ali is devastated to find out that she's married behind her back. Mm. And Jeff kind of makes out that it's really Alia's fault that they had to do it because they knew, like, oh, we, you would disapprove and, you know, I didn't want to upset your gran on a wedding day, all this kind of stuff. Making her try, you know, making out as Alia being unreasonable to be like, don't marry this monster. <laughs> um and they also have a look a little party and she makes some crab things. And um he's furious when he finds that Kathy yeah, I think no, what was it? Jeff's really proud of these crab things. I don't know if it's his recipe or something. I can't remember, but Kathy ends up finding a bit of she shell in it. She finds a bit of crab uh, shell in it. And he's like really embarrassed because he can't stand to lose face ever, ever, ever. And it's like one of the worst things you can do is to embarrass him. And so when everyone goes, he picks, I think he picks it out of the bin yeah, and makes does. Yasmin eat this bit of crab shell as like a punishment. Mm. Um and that was like that. I think that's kind of physically abusive. Yeah, um, definitely. There wasn't a lot of he never, that in there, the there wasn't. He never hit her. Did but you he, don't but... need to have that to be a, no. in a written abusive. I, I always found it. Uh, it it was quite shocking when they got married. I don't think we we saw it coming necessarily. And, and even looking back on it now, it, it, I I still don't see Yasmin as you know his wife. I, even though she's. She changed her name to Yasmin Metcalf. I still very much think of her as Yasmin Nazir still, and that's the Nazir house, the Nazir family, and and I think she still goes by Yasmin Metcalf as well. I mean, I would think she needs to, she needs to drop that name and go back. But then, like, does she go back to Nazir, the name of her other you know, awful controlling husband? Not not in the same way. Or, or are we gonna eventually find out what Yasmin's maiden name is? But I think it would be very odd if they choose to keep her as Yasmin Metcalf for. Uh, much longer can we ban the name the phrase maiden name why i hate it it's like Her it's birth, birth name, name. <laughs> because it makes out like it's inevitable that you're going to change your name at some point if you're a woman and that's not true 
maybe she's got a really awful birth name as well and she doesn't want to go back to that. So it's like, I'm either Yasmin Metcalf or Yasmin Nazir or Yasmin Poofface. <laughs> so which one do I go to? <laughs> right, 2020, I'm going to take over for a little bit. Now, you did a very good job of 2019 oh, there, Gemma. Thank you. So Jeff is still going on about Yasmin being an alcoholic. He's made her believe that a perfectly reasonable amount of alcohol that she's drinking is far too much. I so, think on, in Weatherfield, it's safe to say that everybody is borderline alcoholic. So yeah. I think he might might be on the right track. <laughs> well, he, he makes her go to an AA meeting with Peter and she, she, he thinks that that's going to make her think that she's a, a real alcoholic, but actually it has the adverse effect. It's that like, she comes back and she's like, nuts. I am nothing like that. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm fine. I can still enjoy a bit of a drink. And he's like, Oh okay, yeah. Then. Okay, you drink this bottle of wine then, and he make, he totally Bruce Bogtrotters her, doesn't <laughs> yeah. he? And makes her sit there and drink this bottle of wine. Basically, forces it down her throat, so I'll she gets utterly sloshed. Um, and uh, awful stuff. Then we have one of Jeff's defining moments, and I would say most memorable scenes for me: the magic box scene. So he's putting on this show in Speed Dial. Um, Yasmin has been. Um, roped in as his uh, magician's assistant she has to wear this spangly dress all this makeup that she doesn't like take her glasses off and everything she's feeling really really uncomfortable about this but she does it yeah very vulnerable i don't know if it's as much of a familiar feeling for guys as it is for women but what you wear can really really mess with your head and make you feel uncomfortable and vulnerable i know that guys sometimes if they feel like they're being forced to wear a suit and then it's a bit too formal but I don't think you ever really feel uncomfortable to be sexualised, do you? I, I, I've Not... never had the opportunity. Well, exactly. I've certainly never been made to wear a spangly dress. Exactly. But, I don't, yeah, there's a, there's an extra dimension there of, yeah. of like, loads of baggage to do with gender that... Um, perhaps not familiar to mm. you so she but she she gets the courage up to take part in this show which is which is the one that goes wrong and earns him the nickname jiggle it jeff when, embarrassing um, him yes one of the cardinal sins exactly mm-hmm. because uh, the box gets jammed doesn't it with yasmine inside she eventually escapes think and you, you see this look of triumph on her face when she's uh, she gets well, cheered everyone's, and yeah, everyone thinks it's amazing and that's really. when he calls her a, a no fish cow or something or a bitch or something i can't remember what and uh Awful, awful. Cowing, cowing tie. Rotten cowing tie. <laughs> um, so he, he's been totally embarrassed because everyone remembers him as Jiggle It Jeff from after that point and is chanting at him. All in good fun, but he, he can't handle it. So he goes home and um, kind of shoves a phone in her face and watches her cower and blames her for the whole thing going wrong, making her think that yeah, it's all her fault. Um, he also... Um, not long after it, locks her back in the box as a punishment in the lounge, pretending that the catch has slipped, which is the excuse he gives to Tim when Tim comes in um, later that day and rescues her. Jeff's like saying, oh, uh, he, she was just in there practising. I just went out just for a little bit. It wasn't that long. Um, and, and Tim believes him, as he probably would, because Tim's his dad and, you know, he's looked up to him all his life. You you would believe Jeff's him. Jeff's his dad. Jeff's his dad, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, also, it's not really something a lot of people know a lot about coercive control. And you wouldn't immediately think, my dad's abusing his wife. No, no, exactly. It's not a logical thing to jump to with no prior sort of warning or n- knowledge. And Tim's not the, you know, the most switched on kind of... It's not like he's like 
browsing social justice forums mm-hmm. to to work out how we can help people that are being mm. discriminated. You know, I'd like to challenge you on that, Father. Not not very socially conscious. Conscious, so uh, not surprised that he missed these kind of clues. Yeah, lots of people would. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I don't blame Tim for for this. No. Well, for for a good time, Tim was singing his dad's praises and was blind to you know, the abuse and the it torture that he was putting Yasmin harder through. Harder to defend uh, the longer it goes on. But equally, if you're you know you put your flag in this camp, it becomes harder to say no, I'm wrong, and lose face on that. Mm. Um, so after this, I mean, you thought that was bad. Next up is when he serves her Charlotte Bronte for realsies. She's oh, cooked. Realsies. She's cooked another meal that's not good enough for him in his eyes. He sends her upstairs. Yeah, like a child. Yeah, goes out to the garden, pounces on Yas uh, on poor Yasmin's chicken, um, Charlotte. And next thing we know, he's serving it to her. She as a lovely eats roast this. dinner. Yeah, she and thinks when it's I think lovely. About this chicken scene, and broccoli. When I think about this scene, I um, I think it's funny. <laughs> they made it's it inherently. It's inherently ridiculous, isn't it? In a way, um, they they they, they really uh, went down the dark humour route with, with Yasmin saying, "You killed Charlotte Bronte." I don't think it's. I don't know if it's intentional. I think um, it was a little bit. But it also makes me hungry. <laughs> because it looked like a really delicious dinner and I would love I haven't had a roast dinner cooked for me since Christmas and I love roast dinner so much so meat and chicken is your favourite of the roast most meats that we I wouldn't say have. it was my favourite oh, you like all the little bits I that love, go with I it I like chicken and bits that's what we call it in our family yeah, with the, the little the stuffing and the sausage yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, so Alia around this point starts to do some digging thanks to Claire's law oh hang on and... no 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 he, he gaslights her again and says oh what oh. do you mean why are you so upset yeah um, she stopped laying yeah and, you, you've and, been complaining and about he also it, so there's I've... a bit of a like a sinister threat here too because he's basically saying she served no useful purpose to me. She wasn't contributing, and so I killed her. Yeah. Is that all right, Yasmin? <laughs> She's getting on a bit. Do you get what do you do? You get what I'm trying to say. She wasn't laying it's eggs. Dried up. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that so this is the the Claire's law thing, which was um, lets you find out about the the past police records of people who are you suspect of being of uh, abusive or something like that isn't it do you remember the it exact provides information about somebody's history mm. to yeah to to help get I people think... out of these kinds of relationships yeah I I don't have it the information down in front you of can me you can't look at listeners um because, and this is where we find out about him and another girlfriend causing an affray in a pub once which is what you alluded to earlier so she's starting to think aha uh-huh, there have been more people in the past little does she know at this point about uh, uh elaine slash philippa obviously i think this was uh something that yasmin had to request wasn't it yes i, I think. don't think they give the information to just anyone who asks no alia and toya went in there to kind of flag up the issue to the police yeah and then yasmin kind of secretly yasmin meets, did it yeah meets them in speed dial i think one night yeah um this is really interesting because this was yasmin kind of, of her. admitting a little bit to herself that mm. there's an issue yeah around about this point she was starting to get the bottle to stand up to him which was lovely to see and then he you know he criticized for something and she'd go back and, and well there was lots of stages to this there was like not realizing at all that anything was wrong then there was thinking this isn't right but it's my fault mm. and then it turned into no 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 this isn't my fault at all there's yeah. something that i need to get out of this 
Yeah, because I mean, th- th- this was around the time as well that she found out that she'd got uh, chlamydia as well, and she she knew that she couldn't have got it. She well, she'd only ever you don't, catch no no. From, so like, she was like, what? Why is why has he got chlamydia? Um, and he starts saying, no, it was you. Well, it couldn't have been from me. He he calls a disease-ridden tart, saying it must be you that brought this to the family. How disgusting. And I don't understand how he ever thought that he would get away with making her think yeah. that she had had contracted Well, he, it. he just made her question well, he, everything that she ever know, said or thought. There's a limit, isn't there? Uh, he kind of made out that it was her fault that he had to go and see these escorts. He first of all, yeah. he started saying, oh, I was seeing them because... Because there was a bit where she found out that he had been looking them up, and he pretended it was to do with his job. Yeah, with his radio show. And yeah. then he's, and then, and then he said, right, basically, I have seen them. I have seen escorts, but it's your fault because you're a horrible woman. Yeah, yeah, you drive me to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so <laughs> then we have the big one, the big night. He, he, we have a whole episode pretty much dedicated to Yasmin and Jeff and the torture that he puts her through all day, leading up to making her wear this. Very inappropriate for her red dress yeah, that was you know like very, very revealing, low cut, didn't fit her. It I mean, was he... really um, fancy and very very formal for yeah. for a night out at the at the pub. Yeah, he he'd changed her wardrobe gradually over the course of the relationship. Anyway, hasn't it still it? hasn't changed back to how she's. No, 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 it hasn't. Because because it was a very it was a confident woman's wardrobe, mm. and it was also a. It also had like um, elements of her Indian heritage in it because mm. she had she would wear a scarf over one shoulder, so she'd wear sort of you know like a like a jumper, but then she'd have a scarf over her shoulder as you might wear yeah with you're wearing a sari. But or this something. this particular dress was so not her, and he makes no. her like un. Uh, does he make her take it off or does he make her put it on in front of him or something and she's there kind of ashamed of herself in the lounge where he's barking orders about this dress to her takes her to the pub like you say that ends up in an argument when she finds out that he's uh, bankrolling Sally and Tim's wedding with the money that's actually her money so it all climaxes in her going home well he also he he shames her and says it doesn't even fit you I didn't even buy it for you yeah yeah exactly he he goes home and he says this he says um uh, <laughs> he says that this is all your fault. Um, well, he's also sort of saying, like, you embarrass, yeah, you, you embarrass, yeah, yeah, and you it's my money, it's our money, I'll do you what know, I want. How could you not allow poor Sally and Tim to, mm. yeah, yeah, because he got, yeah, he, he's. He's play, He's always. He's been playing the victim th- throughout all of this, mm-hmm. um, and, and he's like, he's he's thrown our food on the floor and everything. There, there were like three or four scenes, I think, in that dining area where she's been made to feel bad about the food that she's served and and everything, and she has to. There was one where he. This is before then, I think, where she threw, where she ate, had to eat curry off the floor or something it's after he he throwed it down there. Really but yeah, this particular night, he comes out at her with a knife. She hits back with a wine bottle, whacks him round the head, stabs him in the neck <laughs> with a jagged bit, and uh, he ends up there jiggling on the floor, seemingly dead. Yeah. But no, he's he survives. This was so shocking. Yeah, he. Uh, she she gets uh, she gets arrested. Yeah, she's well. And, she uh, says she did. She's it. kind of yeah. separated from. Jeff for a while at this point because she, she ends up yeah getting well they never up. they never get back together after no, this no, um, there was always a bit of a danger that that might have happened but yeah. um Corey decided to go down the route of her Realizing. she was still under his thumb f- for a certain length of time at in prison 
Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, he he gets released from uh, from the hospital. Um, Ali and Ryan try to stop him moving into number six for for a little bit, but he manages to get in, deletes the film footage from the night of the attack off of his laptop, which Tim almost catches him doing. Uh, and this is again where Jeff starts playing the victim, saying, "Oh, yeah, oh, I had this camera. It was just to protect my family. I didn't tell the police. Oh, I should maybe I should have done. Oh, Tim, please don't tell anybody about this because I'm gonna because I, I feel so bad about not mentioning it to the police before, and it didn't film anything anyway." Um, and and Tim is falls for this hook line sinker. Jeff then throws the camera away. We see it being taken out by the bin men the next day. And for now, he thinks he's safe. Mm-hmm. Um, just before the trial is about to start, midway through last year, was when he managed to get hold of Yasmin on the phone as well, and uh, threatens her and you know, intimidates her over the over the phone line. And uh, but that and then that's what culminates eventually in her having the heart attack yeah. on the on the day of the trial as well which postpones the trial somewhat and uh, his story is left to play out um back in weatherfield without her and and it, and it kind of then turns into who believes him who who's starting to realize that he's not a nice guy because people like you know alia and ryan always knew what he was like but there was particularly kathy and brian were going back and forth on you know, who they believe and Kathy would yeah. would want to believe Yasmin and then um Yasmin would say something uh, th- there was a bit where you know, Yasmin kind of shouts at Kathy for for, for, for not being uh, she was she was slagging off men wasn't she yeah she was and then and and Je- and, sh- and Yasmin sort of stood up because she was she you could hear Jeff speaking through her like mm. saying oh women Women are so ungrateful. Something she was basically like being sexist against women in yeah. response in in women a very perfect, Jeff, you know, in a very Jeff way. Like you can imagine yeah. them sitting Sometimes together watching TV and Jeff going off on a rant about something he was watching and Yasmin just sponging it all up mm-hmm. and then regurgitating it later on. Yeah, um, but the thing is about this is that it was really quite clever because I think a lot of people watching this would, would sort of think to themselves, "Oh, it's so obvious." Like if I was in the situation, I would know that what was happening, and I would help. I would help Yasmin, and I think it's bad. And people, I think some people still don't really get it. Like, oh yeah, Kathy was in the wrong and everything. But when you've got two people and you're not in, you're not around them all the time, and and like both of them are saying that they're being abused because Jeff Jeff would say that Yasmin he he flipped the switch and he, he said he that was she was an alcoholic, at, yeah, and she would get drunk and then she would abuse him physically and. This um, this being stabbed in the neck with a wine bottle was just the the the, the worst, the worst example of that. Yeah. Well, when Sally and Tim find out about the escort, he kind of. Turns well, yeah. It he and says, says oh, "Oh, she's well. so she's so cold to me. I needed to find affection somewhere." Yeah. So how would you know? You really there's mm. really no way. Well, Sally starts to take Yasmin's side, and we yeah. get to see this great um, split between Sally and Tim, where he's because... still staying with his dad, obviously, and she's saying, "No, I think there's something not right here." Well, Sally's like, "Yeah, I I know Yasmin well enough to know that 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 it's not her. Mm. That's the problem." But you know, she was she was right here. But the thing is about it is that people knew Jeff for years and didn't know that he was doing this. So. Yeah, you know yeah. it's really difficult it's really tricky it was about this time as well that Philippa turns up now or Elena whatever we want to call her now because she's heard 
that Jeff seems to have claimed another victim in Yasmin. So she goes to see Yasmin in prison and says that oh, yeah. this this happened to me as well. Now, Jeff does not like her being back on the scene and manages to bully her into leaving. She's only in it for like a week or two, isn't she? Yeah, and he's point. like, yeah. She sees her long-lost son, Timothy, um, but he's like, I'm not having you here to yeah, thwart my evil plans. Off Do you go one. with your woman. And we're left to wonder, you know, what has happened? Has he... Has he done her in? Is he? It did seem like at one point he may have killed her. Yeah, didn't he like? T- didn't we see him dropping a mobile phone or a SIM card oh, or he, something he into? Breaks, he yeah, into he the destroys drain something, and, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, it's all all very mysterious about what's happened. So why there. would you do that mm. unless you're trying to hide where a body was? Yeah. but no, she's being a dick. <laughs> yes, me. I mean, Jeff continues to wind Alia up after this point, like by um getting an alcohol licence for speed dial, which he was always dead against. Well, first of all, he's the he always had the bee in his bonnet about alcohol at speed dial. And so he originally let people bring their own, didn't he? Yeah. And then it changed to... Yeah, get because yeah, the getting the license for it because he was, you know, 50% shareholder yeah. in speed dial at this and point. And she, she had a religious um, exemption, like, uh, objection to, to this. And I think that it really was a case of Jeff didn't like anybody having an influence over people that wasn't him. So he would, he, I can see him being a sort of person who would not like his, his, anyone who's anything to do with him. So like his girlfriend or wife or granddaughter in inverted commas, having, taking influence over their religion, over what he said. Like if he says something, that should be the end of it. And you yeah. should not argue with him or, or, or say anything different the fact that Alia kind of um, deferred to a higher power than Jeff was not acceptable to him. And I really don't think he was that bothered about the alcohol, except for the fact that he couldn't control Alia's beliefs about it. Mm. He's also trying to, you know, get Alia out, isn't he? Hoping oh, yeah, he's that trying she's to going to her. say, right, well, you have the business. Then. Yeah, trying um, to change something that's hers and, and put his influence on it and, yeah, put yeah. her off of... Now, sadly for Jeff, things start to go wrong around that time as well sadly because Sally goes and steals Jeff's laptop, brings it back, guesses his password, the great bank up a go-to, and they uh, discover in, uh, like, a, it wasn't a deleted folder, it was like a cloud folder or something on the laptop, this footage, not from the secret camera, but the camera that he'd shoved in Yasmin's face that night of the Magic Box incident. Um, they realise there's there's no defending him because Faye was also very much away. on uh, Jeff's side that year. Her her granddad, she she yeah. would be, but after this, they realise just yeah. what a nasty piece so of work was... he is and and what everything that Yasmin has been saying because she's she is sort of saying no, she he's been abusing me that, that all of this is true. Oh yeah, because when Elaine went to go visit her in the prison, she was still a bit iffy about what had happened to her. But Elaine recommended a book that she got from the prison library that she read and made and it kind of opened her eyes about yeah. what had actually been going on. Because really, there are so many different people and so many different personalities and everybody's relationship is different and people interact in different ways. But actually, abusive relationships are very formulaic and there's a very there's a very set pattern to a lot of the behaviour that, that, happen, that happens in these relationships. And it's weird how kind of paint by numbers it can be. Mm, mm. Don't you think? Yeah. I'll because maybe people, come to that later, People have actually. shared experiences, don't they? Uh, from, from relationships, you know, totally different people, different countries even, and they all share, like, yes, he did that to me. You mm. know? Yes, my, that my husband did that to me. Yeah. Mm. Um, so this is when... 
Jeff really starts to lose it. He doesn't like it when things go his uh, don't go his way, and we see him like lose it and and get mad at a Hoover or something at one point, don't we? He he mm-hmm. he behind closed doors he realizes that all his supporters, all his lies, he's been able to trick up until this point a lot of the neighbors into into liking him or uh, but now he's he's got he's got yeah. nobody left yeah. um so he's he, he there was that episode where he ruined Sally and Tim's garden party by dancing to Mr Bombastic and then che- and then coming in and smashing their chimney up and stuff which was this great this was when i think it kind of went off the rails a little bit as rega- regarding realism and and um it kind of became just about entertainment and th- and shocking the shock value of it cuz i just don't I never really bought that he would. It's like Curry's like, oh, he's a he's a villain. What would a villain do? But actually, his his brand of villainy was not quite as off the rails as this. Maybe you're right. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But he he had also been um, wronged by uh, being trapped in a conservatory during Sally and Tim's wedding as well by Abby. Oh so yeah. He was, uh, he was proper riled up by this point. Uh-huh. Um, and then that leads us to Yasmin's trial in December anniversary. Oh, hang on. Week, you, you've said anniversary that, week. Don't forget that he, oh, yeah, he started been... dating Christine, who we thought would be a much bigger part of the story. Yeah, I didn't really turn. He, to anything he starts. Did, he starts grooming her. Really, yeah, as being his next victim, and telling her all this these stories about how horrible his family has been, and how he's been mistreated and maligned and wronged by Yasmin, and she buys it. Yeah, yeah. And he also tells Ray that he's going to sell his house. He wants to move to Cyprus with Christine, and he agrees to like an under the table deal where there's an yeah. official price that he sells it to that Yasmin will end up getting a percentage of because they're married and it's shared shared property. But he also gets sort of an extra bonus cash injection yeah. so that he can run away and start his new life in Cyprus. Yeah. So sorry. Yeah, I've forgotten about that. Yasmin's trial then. Just beforehand, he manages to go to Tim into punching him, so Tim can't be a credible witness. And and that Tim was going to say about the the cameras thing that he'd seen on Jeff's laptop. Uh, but yeah, he doesn't end up even being a witness, as even though no. in reality they probably still would have called him. Yeah, and I don't also think that they needed him to talk about the security cameras. Well, every little it might really have helped. Matter. It doesn't matter at the end of the day because Jeff makes the um. The the silly mistake of going to the hospital that where he uh, fight this like psych hospital where Elaine's been banged up for a little bit, goading her um into well scare basically scaring her into not testifying doesn't mm. he doesn't work though because she turns up reveals Harry abused her and uh, basically he's taken down by a combination of that Imran who gives this magnificent speech and uh, yeah. is able to trap Jeff into saying. I didn't go. I wasn't at the hospital that day, but Imran knows that he's got, he's got some evidence, evidence to yeah. prove that it was definitely him that was there. Yes, uh, Jeffs ends up snapping, sort of starts ranting about Yasmin, walks out of the courtroom in disgust when Yasmin's eventually found not guilty. He shows um, himself up. He does. He? he does. Yeah. It um, makes it very difficult to for the jury to have found any other verdict than indeed because because we had so many discussions about this. Because I kept saying, at the end of the day, it's a trial to say, did Yasmin stab him in the neck or not? And like, by her own admission, she did. And we saw her doing it. So I don't get what this trial is about. But they were able to establish that it was um, as a result of his abusive yeah, personality yeah. Like, and the abuse. And it was kind of so self-defense. Yeah. So she, it was about she, the bread knife, wasn't it, as well? That Yes, that's true. I think that was a massive part of it, actually. Yeah, the fact that he, had he, the he knife was coming at her with this knife, yeah. Even though I don't think that... I still don't think that he, he, she... That 
he knew that he was doing that, but mm, I don't know. we watched it. Again Doesn't and matter. He, and he did. I he definitely did had the knife. To, yeah, definitely yeah, had the I knife. Don't know. So Jeff decides <laughs> that he needs to scarf her. I always, I always have to like be devil's advocate, don't I? You do. Jeff decides yes, he's going to scarf her to Cyprus, taking Christine mm-hmm. with him. However, Alia gets to Christine first, tells him her exactly what he's like, so she dumps him. He's mad, whacks Alia with a cash tin at speed dial before going to visit Yasmin at number six, setting the house on fire, oh, before that, chasing her onto the roof. He made a few attempts before this, of like going, come on Yasmin, let's go home together, or come on Yasmin, let's do this. Yeah. He goes to see her at number six. He's like, Yasmin, um, let's be reasonable. Mm. But then... But yeah, no, he... He, he, she, he when, tells when her... When she doesn't play ball... He had told her that she had to go and get her stuff. Yeah, yeah. He set the house on fire. Not she very goes well. on to the... Uh, not very well at all. She crawls onto the roof to try and escape him. He follows her. Long story short, he falls down. Gets, um, yeah, dead on the patio. Surrounded he by Yasmin's chickens. Almost exactly the same way... That Mufasa died in The Lion King. Yeah, I... Uh... Holding on to something, going, help me, help me, and then just falling to his death. No, he wasn't um, ravaged by buffalo, but chickens. chickens it was a herd of chickens trampled him to death on the floor. Yeah, very poetic. And, and, uh, and, and Scar was... was Yasmin, but she was good. <laughs> yeah, kind and of was similar. Charlotte Simba? Um, no. That's not good. <laughs> it, that's doesn't, it doesn't really... He's Timber. <laughs> So it's anyway, since dying, Jeff has a, made a couple of um, posthumous appearances on Coronation Street. This happens more and more in Coronation Street of recent times, and I'm still I'm not over it. I'm still loving these. Well, which it happened to Sinead as well, didn't it? She Sinead just couldn't Andrana. leave. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so, so she's clearly still not over him. And she's well, no, she's not over and... his effect yeah. on her. Yes. And uh, his and we, we, We're seeing her coming out the other side a little bit mm-hmm. now, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if this isn't the last that we've seen of Jeff. I would. But, be, um, I would be surprised. For now, his, again. his story is over. She and Tim don't go even go to his funeral. They don't. They don't. So sad. So that that is the story. And that's given us a good hour's worth of stuff. A character that, as you he say, was, was only in, in it for a couple of like, years. Yeah, just over 200 episodes. And he... But it's such a a fascinating... Because it was an issues-based story. And so there was a lot of realism built into this. And Coronation Street worked really hard. And so did all the actors involved to tell it in a kind of really honest and realistic way that would be of benefit, you know, to the to the viewers. Because... Um, it, you know, it would be easy to kind of exploit this for shock value, mm. and I think you know you can argue that that's what that's what soaps do. Yeah. But they have a per- they have a sort of social responsibility as well, to educate as well as entertain people, and they take that seriously sometimes more so than others. You know, there are stories that really arguably are issues based storylines that get treated as jokes or you know, throw away bits yeah, of entertainment. Yeah, it'll get or something. Yeah. But this um, one was done... Yes. Uh, I mean, it kind of just goes back to what you were saying earlier about it sort of following a pattern and being a bit, you know, paint-by-numbers kind of thing. Um, is this what you're getting... Is this what... Yeah. Uh, uh, when I think back about Jeff, he still, despite being, you know, the big bad for two and a half years, on and off, and, and his death being the culmination of the the 60th anniversary episode and everything I still don't put him you know right at the top there in the you know the pantheon of Corrie villains and I think part of the problem even though I loved the story and and there were some fantastic twists and everything in there I think that 
it did feel a little bit too much like we're trying to teach you about um oh, coercive control I and a lot of what a lot of what he did like when it was announced that they were they were going down this route in 2019 and then said oh and some of the things that coercive uh, control uh, controlling abusers do is cut you off from your friends and family they take control of your finances they make you think that you're crazy or, or alcoholic and everything and as the following months went by we got to see him do all of that and and as i was what watching it i was kind of thinking oh this is the bit that they said would happen oh I this is the bit where they do, he does this and, and and there wasn't as many kind of surprise twists oh, for me because it felt like yeah, that they said that this would happen. That I mean, I loved things like I mean, the magic box scene to mm-hmm. me is definitely up there with Jeff's best scene ever, uh, with Jeff, his best scenes ever. The 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 Charlotte Bronte eating amazing scene. I I loved I loved the really intense scenes when it was just the two of them when it was like you know late night scenes and and he was you know throwing the food on the floor or or calling her all these awful names and and that leading up to the um the stabbing scene amazing amazing stuff but it did to me feel just a little bit like i don't put it maybe predictable is not the right word but it it didn't have as many twists and turns as some of the great cory villain stories have had oh i think you're, i think you're so wrong <laughs> i think your main argument seems to be that you knew that this was going to happen like they they told you this is how an abuser works and then they showed you. Is that yeah, but right? even if they even if they hadn't told it, it, it. Well, I need to point out that they probably released that information the same reason that they told us about Aiden's suicide because they knew it would be triggering to some people and we know it was. We know that some people had been in abusive relationships and they found it very upsetting to watch. But we also knew know that other people found it quite validating and they watched it and they went yes that this is what they do this is what happened to me, um so. You know, I I think that they had a responsibility to the viewers to warn in advance that this was going to happen. I don't think I I saw that list of like this is what abusers do. Mm. Um, and I also think that if you're going to tell a story, that's because the thing a lot of, it's kind of unfair in a way to compare Jeff to other big Cory villains because nobody was doing an issues based storyline about what's it like to be married to a serial killer when they were then when they had. Um, Gail and Richard Hillman, you know? Mm. It wasn't about that. Or, this, or Eileen and Pat. This story was about a, an issues-based story, and so it wasn't about shocks and twists and turns. It was about realistic portrayal of abuse. But you're saying that there weren't any shocks and twists and turns, but they packed in loads into this story. The, the moments the, the that be, were, the, which was the chicken was the biggest one the for chicken, me. The chicken, the box. was amazing. The two, the two box scenes, one where she got locked in the box by herself in the house, the other one where she was in the box in the um, performance. You've got the bit where she stabbed him with the wine bottle and you've got Charlotte and then you've got his death. That's That's five massive, big, twisty shocks in a story that only took place over two years. It just, I think you're being a bit unfair. It, it feels to me, and, and I, I don't want to downplay him because he was a great villain. And yeah. he certainly... Really good. He, he certainly rose in my estimations as the years went on and the fact that this is a character where, you know, within the first month I was like, get this character off my screen, I hate him, <laughs> to, towards the end. But then he's, this is one of the most compelling characters on the show yeah. at the moment. There were still a few too many scenes where he you know, did something awful 
and and the general response from Corey fans was, oh, that Jeff, grrr. And, and, it, and it didn't often feel much higher than, grrr, I shake my fist at you, you nasty man. Because, you know, it, because he didn't often come across as being really clever. And uh, I don't understand your argument. No, I, I, I'm, I'm maybe expressing it wrong. I'm trying wrong. to understand what you mean. It, it just, it... You're saying it's too low stakes or something? No, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. It, it was just... I know that one of the things that you had to say about the, the story as we were watching it and you kept saying over and over again, nothing really happened this week. It's all the same thing. It feels like he just is doing the same thing over and over again. And I think that that was a deliberate choice on, on behalf of the show. Yeah. Because he kind of did push the envelope a little bit every time. He kind of pushed his pushed the boundaries a bit further, a bit further, a bit further. And you know that you know that story about if you bought if you put a frog in water and you gradually turn the heat everywhere it knows that it's being boiled. Um it kind of felt like that with Yasmin where he drip drip drip, he just kept pushing his control onto her and she didn't really notice how bad it had gotten. Mm. Um and I think that was that's how I think it was important that that Corey did that, and I think if anything, the you could the criticism of this story is that it was a very condensed time period, two years, from meeting to you know, being so controlled that you couldn't leave the house and you gave up your bank details and married this guy, and you you know allowed him to dictate almost every aspect of your life. Many people who go through abusive con, uh, coercive control relationships this happens over years and years even if not decades yeah and and actually in Corrie terms this was one of the longest stories that (laughs) that i can think of yeah i mean you can say that too yeah you're right Um, i don't i'm not arguing for a story of this nature to have taken place over a longer period of time no but i'm just saying if you if you were to throw criticism on on the pacing the only way you could do it is to say that it took it didn't take long enough Mm. That's it, my personal opinion. Yeah, I, I, I just don't. In, in my eyes, he he's not right, right up there, and and maybe it's to do with, maybe I like my curry villains to be a bit more charming or something. You know, like, I think like the, the feelings, is, like Richard Tillman, like even Charlie Stubbs, who had a very similar story with with Shelley back, you know, fifteen twenty years ago, whenever it was, um, and and I liked his. Yeah, evil smiles. I, I think I like that kind of villain, and maybe, and that's just, I guess, my personal preference. Yeah, but the thing is about him is that he was distinctly unlikable, but he was still compelling to watch. Yeah, and that's Ian Bartholomew's, um, you know, his talent and his charisma. Mm. It was and his kind of yeah, like it's very easy to overlook how skilled you have to be to pull something like this off. And all you have to do is compare the him to any of the other really forgettable villains that we've had on Coronation Street. I don't want to name names, but there are people that have been in the show as a villain who've just come and gone without anybody really caring. Yeah. You can, anyone can act like a bit of an ass, but to draw people in, being a very compelling personality... It takes a great deal of skill to do that. It was interesting comparing him when I'm thinking about the other big curry villains that a lot of them that are charming as well and and, and were able to charm the other characters. Yet nobody really, really liked Jeff that much. I mean, at the beginning, 
even them, the other characters are saying, oh, he's, he's, he seems like a nice guy. He's a bit of a bit of a fool, really. But quite often with the other big bads on Coronation Street, they've got everybody eating out of the palm of their hand. And, uh, it really and, and Jeff takes. just lost and yeah. he got all, all of that. All and he, yeah. he became very, very unpopular. And people, all the other characters were just creeped out by him. Like that bit yeah. where he goes to the pub and says, oh, Jenny, you're a bit like my mum and calls, yeah. him, calls her mum. And yeah, people creeps just, her out. Yeah, yeah. People didn't like him. They knew there was something not right there. But it's really an un, um, what's the word? Unappreciated talent to be hateable. To 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 as a as an actor to p- portray a character in such a convincing manner that people hate your character and don't want to watch. And it's not a love to hate, it. is it? No, no. I think that's the thing. That's maybe yeah. that's the thing. A lot of the other villains. Well, love to hate ones like yeah, I go with Pat Feeler and Richard Hillman. Oh, this is a brilliant story. I, um, and and John Lindsay. Ah, oh, what's he going to do next? And and I didn't feel that with with Jeff. So yeah, maybe it wasn't that's like a what capers. What capers will Jeff get up to next? No, it wasn't. It wasn't like that it at wasn't. all. It kind of reminds me a bit of like maybe like in Game of Thrones, like Joffrey, where you just hated him. Yeah, similar. Or, similar. What's that guy? What's the other one? He was who um, had Theon under his thumb. What was his name? Uh, Ramsey. Ramsey. He was hateable, wasn't he? But I don't think that Jeff was quite as detestable as those two characters. Well, he didn't kill people and and torture them and stuff. But, you know, when he had his moments, like, I come back to the Charlotte Bronte thing again. That was was his lowest. That was, that that to me, that, that was, if I'm thinking about, you know, what were his worst crimes... That thing where he you you feed your pet to your to your spouse. That's yeah. uh it's horrible. It's detestable. That that to me was was the biggest. But it, you know, it's he he was a he was a humdrum villain. His his crimes were committed in a domestic sphere, and I think that um, he wasn't a serial killer. He it's didn't easy try to and... think that these people are not are less evil or you know not as big of a villain. But in a way, I think they're worse because your home and your your relationship should be the safest and happiest you are. You should never be scared to be in your own home with your husband. Mm. But these men, and there are some women that do it as well, um, are what you know, arguably worse because they they do this over years. They undermine people's confidence. They turn people's personalities into you know. Um, and make them fearful and affect their lives and give them PTSD. So, they don't have a body count, but the psychological impact of this... Oh, yeah, I know, I know. ...is, is horrible. And it, and it, the worst thing about it is that it's going on now. Yeah, I'm not, and I'm not downplaying that at all. I'm not saying you are, I'm just saying, like... I mean, for, you, for you, where, where would you say that he, he is on the, the ranks of Cory villains? How, how... It's difficult. This is the thing. He... He, he he really deserves to be in a category all of his own all of his own because he is an issues based villain and I don't know if we ever had one of those not particularly he like embodies an issue like if there was a character on Coronation Street that represented cancer he'd put them in the same category you know mm. he represents coercive control and domestic abuse and and the other characters weren't about tackling that they were a lot more bombastic and larger than life and really colourful. Mm. I suppose in some ways he's similar to like Frank Foster maybe because um, he wasn't yeah, yeah, he, he wasn't was, bombastic, was he? He, also, he was about the rape. He also get, yeah, get, uh, lied and gaslit people and tried to make 
you know, lie his way out of things and make women women think that they deserved, you know, what he did. Yeah, that that but that um scene where he rapes Carter and then says like you made me do it or something Horrible. that was that was repulsive. Yeah, I, I think as a society, I think we weren't at the same level of understanding about these things as as we are now, and I yeah. think. I really think that Frank Foster's story might have been received in a different way if it was done now. Mm. Well, the same with the Charlie and Shelley one as well, because that, that but was certainly... But I just also say that, that stories like that are what contribute to our evolving understanding of what, situ- what the situation yeah. is, you see. So it's no, I'm not criticising it. It was a product of its times. And it's kind of like the foundation upon which we're building this understanding as we go. Mm. And that's why I think shows like Coronation Street are really important and... Um, I don't think they get the credit that they deserve. I wonder. I wonder if the Char- Charlie and Shelley one was playing out now, whether they'd have done it any differently. Because I don't think that felt like an issues-based story at the time, even though it it kind of was looking back at it. But that was back in the time when Coronation Street wasn't being accused of having too many of them. It was yeah. just a story. It was almost. I don't know whether we'd even heard of the phrase issues-based story back no. when Charlie was pulling Shelley's earrings out and buying her dresses that were too small for her and everything. But it's really interesting to look at like the history of Coronation Street and how it's evolved over the years and our understanding and the way that things have been presented to us have changed. Like, if you go back right to the very beginning of Coronation Street, you'd have Stan and Hilda. And Stan would beat Hilda for doing something to embarrass him. Mm. There was definitely a bit, a point at which she got a black eye. Yeah. Because he... Um, she copied the numbers for the lot- lottery and made him think he'd won the pools or whatever. Well, he even and he also makes a joke at um, Irma and David's wedding, doesn't he? About so, how about, to treat your yeah, wife. You just belt them. Yeah, and and it was like this is just what it's like. Like when men and women, this is what it's like. And from that to go sixty years later, now we've got this really complicated and well researched, nuanced story about a woman's descent into kind of madness brought on by her partners just gaslighting her and abusing her. And I think it's remarkable to look at the progress that, like, Coronation Street and us as, us as a society, how we've gone from one to the other. Don't mm. you think? Yeah, no, yeah, I think it's a testament definitely. to, like, it, uh, how the show's evolved mm. yeah, over time sure. and also how our understanding of, like, gender and politics and, you know relationships and the power dynamic in 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 a kind of um, yeah, and I think a if, um, straight couple how that's shifted. if they hadn't been able to play it over all that time as well it wouldn't have been anywhere near as as affecting and then that's one of the things that a soap can do better than any other drama because yeah. there's nothing else where a, a story can last two and a half years you can have well, a no, thing up on the screen that says time. two years later yes yes you can watch you can watch like clips and i mean other mediums have, have portrayed abuse in a, in just as an effective manner using different techniques. Mm. Whereas this is the only way you can actually watch it happen in real time. Yeah. Even though, as we said earlier, it's actually a lot more condensed than yeah. sadly for some people it actually is. So this, I think, was is one of Corey's most important stories. And Jeff is one of... is like the most important part of that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he he is, he is. I I agree, definitely. And I don't, very, very important character to the show. I I do wonder what his legacy will be. I don't will think it's going to really. I honestly, I think that people aren't going to give this story its due as as we go through 
it might get forgotten, but I'm going to say, I still think, like, historically speaking, looking at the history of of Coronation Street and also looking at society in general, I think that this is sto- this story is, like, a super important story yeah. for raising awareness about it, something. It makes me... And it's educated me as well about stuff. And I also, as I watch this, I've seen this uh, happen to somebody I know... Mm. And heard people telling me about it happening to them. Yeah. And I think it's advanced our understanding, or some people's. I'm gonna not, you know, I'm not gonna say that everybody, because there's some people well aware, unfortunately, well aware of what this was. Before it's also help help people see about that it can happen to anyone, and the whole thing about just because, you know, you're a strong person, it doesn't mean it's you you're, you can escape it. And yeah. and there were there were quite a few people at, at times saying, well, this would never happen to Yasmin. She was too strong for this. And yeah. But, but that's those are the people that justify the story being told to yeah. me. So people and the same things happening with Ray and like what happened with him and Faye, and the fact that there are still people saying, "Oh well, he didn't rape her," or it wasn't you know, it wasn't it was you know just a she got something out of it and he got something out of it. You know, it was a kind of transactional um thing they're the people that justify this being a story being told because everybody can watch a story about somebody getting murdered and go oh yeah you know that was a bit off wasn't it <laughs> shouldn't have really murdered him but these stories are still um eliciting reactions in people that make it apparent that they don't get what they're seeing and they don't understand it still mm. and it, until all those people are all on the same page these stories are still important yeah, keep to be, on yeah keep on playing them mm. Mm. Right, should we uh, should we call it a day there? I think uh, we've uh, I think we've said enough about dissected jiggle it, Jeff. Oh, we and you you mentioned the charity single that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that uh, and it, I think it's also really nice to see how supportive Ian Bartholomew has been towards uh, women's aid and talking about people who have go, go through this. And I mean, I know that coercive control isn't just primarily a a thing that it's not just men doing it to women but to be true to the story that Coronation Street was trying to tell they they told it from that perspective and so his support of women's aid was a, as a result of that yeah. and there were definitely charities that help the situation the other way around yeah I think um, I think we, Bill Ward also a, became a patron of women's aid as well who played Charlie Stubbs oh uh, uh, yeah and there was I mean Coronation Street has tackled it um with Tyrone being abused by Kirsty. So that ha- oh, yeah, that story yeah. has been told the other way around, but perhaps it was too long ago for people to remember. Looking um, back on that as well, I think it felt like quite a long story, but really that was like, what, eight, nine months maybe, the Tyrone and Kirsty story? Yeah. And, Interesting and, to see how and they... D- sorry, and they definitely told it in a different way to the way they would tell it now. Yeah. Even though it wasn't that long ago, really. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because we talked about it in the show, didn't we? Or was yeah, yeah, just... we did. That was one of the first big storylines yeah. that we uh, that we covered on the podcast. So actually. there you go. <laughs> right, let's leave it there. Good, great villain, important character. Still, for me, it isn't right up there, but I completely, I, I completely see the importance of the story, the character. This is part of Coronation Street's social history, I think. Yeah, indeed. The the history of the show. This is an important sort of noteworthy historical story that what mm. I think would I should it, be referenced in the future. Yeah, it should be. I hope it will be remembered and, and I'm really interested and excited to see what happens to the character of Yasmin now and the fact that she's not, you know, 
disappeared into nothingness since this is all kicking off and we've been able to see her and Elaine we've got Elaine on the show now this hopefully is the thing for about a long Elaine. time she's still here it, it's yeah it's uh and I think it's still a more to, to to see very wise choice of Coronation Street you have another character who had the same experience as Yasmin because it's showing us different perspectives and it's also showing us different reactions mm. so like immediately that Jeff was Jeff died yeah, um, Elaine just transformed into a completely different person. Like, the weight had been lifted from her. That's not Yeah, probably now she's free to be herself again. A very realistic reaction. Maybe, I think Yasmin's is probably a bit more realistic. But well, I think maybe it's common fair to, Yeah, word, okay, all right, yeah. I think, it's, I think it's important to have those two different characters. Yeah, yeah definitely. And the final thing I just want to say um, <laughs> about this whole thing is that the funniest bit about this was the way... That um, who was it? Kathy, who had been feeling bad about abandoning Yasmin when she needed her the most and not realizing what was going on. The fact that when she saw Jeff's body being taken mm-hmm. away, she said, "Off he jiggles." There you go, and that that's a good way to end this. And he would have hated absolutely that being his would have legacy. hated it. Yeah, and absolutely. the fact that he also got a misspelled order of service at his funeral yeah, brilliant what a great way to send off one of the worst characters <laughs> that Coronation Street's ever had most um, hateable character not the worst that you know we yeah. did who's a who's the worst Dickie and Audrey Fleming and... <laughs> <laughs> right it's, th- it's definitely time that we jiggled off ourselves now yes. I think so thank you everybody for listening hope you enjoyed that trip down memory lane um, and, and Jeff's best and worst moments yeah. do write in and tell us if you've got anything you want to add to the discussion yes. about Jeff um, we're going to go goodbye see you thanks for listening ta bye and the music of this episode came from podcastthemes.com bye